What's up? It's your girl, Itty Bitty J, and you're tuned in to Dear 20-something. This episode is called The Angry Black Woman Podcast, Part 1. And I have a few guests. I want you guys to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Yay. My name is Rosemond, and I'm actually a friend of Jessica. Um, okay. Hey, um, I'm Anicia Saunders, and I'm also a friend of Jessica's. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> Hey guys, my name is LaVon Powell, a.k.a. Honey Bun, and you already know what's going on. I am a freshman here at UWF. Hi, and my name is Jessie, and I'm also a friend of Jessica as well. So, we're in a room full of friends. Um, I want you guys to go ahead and tell the audience what you all do, or if you all are promoting something, so we can kind of give them more of a perspective on why you're here and why we should care about each of our opinions. So... Why don't you uh, go ahead and elaborate on your organization, Rosemont, and everything that you want to do moving in the future. Awesome. Okay. So, basically, I created, in February, I created an organization called SAVED. Um, like many of you who have already heard of it, it's, um, it stands for Steadily Adding Value and Educating Dreamers. So, my purpose with this organization is to create events in the Pensacola area, whatever area that I'm in create events, create seminars to basically educate dreamers, educate our people, educate our women. Uh, one of my main focuses is women's empowerment. So um, I host, I have hosted um, a women's brunch and still will be hosting a women's brunch. Um, but basically my my thing with this is and why I care so much about it is there's just so much things that's not really talked about in our community that we do need to talk about, we do need to address and we do need to teach. And so I love the fact that we're having this conversation tonight because, one, it's dear to my heart, and um, it's also dear to the reason why I started this organization, to educate people. So, yeah. Um, Hey, it's Anicia again. And um, so basically, I am an actress, and I'm also um, a creative director. I'm working on... Um, doing some creative directing for videos. I also have my my own podcast where I kind of just talk through the different stages that I'm going through in life and I share my um, pieces on there, like my poetry and things like that um, and positive affirmations. And um, really why this is important to me is because as a black woman artist that, that really enjoys the creative fields and wants to do something in the entertainment industry, um, I do recognize that there is very much so a need for for you to be assertive in order to really get things off the ground and to get, get them working. And I think oftentimes because of that stigma and trying to prevent myself from, from seeming as if I am a part of the stigma, trying to avoid being an angry black woman, um, it sort of also encourages you to be docile and 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 not really assert yourself in order to complete the task that you need to so it's very important to me that this conversation be had because it is frustrating feeling like when you are asserting yourself you're going to be considered a bitch or xyz i i I want the freedom as i have the freedom of creativity i want to have the freedom to express myself aside from all of the stigmas that may be placed on me when I'm doing so. So. <clears throat> hey, 
Hey y'all again, it's Honey Bun and I am a creative writer as well as poet and um, aspiring rap star as I should say. Um, when it comes to me in my field, I know that I have something that can change the world. I have a different perspective on life and from my age and how my mindset is set up, I'm very mature and I know there's a lot of other type of people like me around. So when it comes to talking about the angry black woman, I know that I got that bitch voice. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of it. It's either you going to deal with my masculinity and femininity or you just not going to have me at all. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to knowing that I have the bars to rap, I have the sultriness and seducing attitude of poetry, I know that I can do it. And there's nobody that's going to stop me. So I just want everyone to... Even if you have to take the stigma of the angry black woman that is in a negative note, just take it and switch it around and be like, all right, I'm already immune to that. So what you, what else you got? And just I, that's how I look at everything in life. What else you got? And I just hope that everyone else can hear that too. Okay, and you guys already know me. So the reason why I wanted to bring this podcast together is because right now we are living in a climate that is really excluding us out I feel and we're always the outliers that get put last in everything and we don't really get a chance to kind of voice why we have to be these strong women or why we may be angry or why we may be you know aggressive you know because there's reasons why we have to be this way if you think about it we are we really are the originators of life if you think about it and there's a lot of things that go into just being a woman let alone being black on top of that so I wanted to kind of give us all a chance, uh, at least the audience that I am in within, which is 20-something years old, I wanted us to get a chance to kind of voice why that may be or why we don't fit into that category or why you may have misjudged us and maybe why you don't understand why we have to be angry or why we have to be strong. And, or maybe you assume that I'm going to be angry so you don't even give me a chance to show you that I'm actually, you know, the opposite of that. So... Yeah, we're just going to dive into that conversation. So now that we got these intros out of the way, I'm going to give you guys a small break to listen to some commercials, some music, and then when we come back, we're just going to dive into it from the beginning. So thank y'all for tuning in to Dear 20-something. Three. So welcome back to Dear 20-something, everyone. So we're just going to pick up the conversation from the beginning, from the origins of how this stigma stuck to us. And I guess we can kind of figure out, like, you know, why it did stick for so long, you know? Um, how did we become the angry black woman? How did that come about? Like, if you guys, like, know any facts on, like, from the beginning, from history, how we became the focal point of anger. So, for me... I feel like it kind of started from slavery, really, you know, we were ripped, our men, which I like to say our protection was taken from us, you know, we seen them become belittled and just become very weak in front of us, so we had no form of protection, when we had no protection, our slave masters were able to take us and rape us and disarm us and pretty much rob us of our innocence, so at that point, we're being broken down step by step and then not to mention with that you know of all the groups that we have in the world we are the most unloved most unprotected 
So can you only imagine back in those days when there were no rights for people of color, like what we had to go through in that environment? So for me, that it started there for me. So what about you guys? I know it came, like literally, the timeline is the slavery getting taken away, dismantled, as well as rape, then being put back as if nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I know that's where the pent-up anger comes from. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can't put a Band-Aid on such an emotional trauma mm-hmm. and expect me not to have this anger with my kids mm-hmm. and telling them to be stronger, telling them to... Having having such a mindset to say, hey, I've been through this shit. You ain't been through nothing. Shut, shut up and, like, take it how it come. Like, that's what a lot of mothers back in the day put on their kids. Mm-hmm. So I know that is always going to be, that was going to be the timeline. It can start, but the change can start with us, though. Mm-hmm. I just know that for a fact because now that mental health is becoming an actual discussion. Yes, it's, especially in the black community. Yes, it's becoming a discussion now. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad that we can start the change to our progress. Um, I, I also agree. I think that it definitely has its stems from from slavery. And most importantly, I think the reason that it's perceived so heavily, like that's the that's the idea, is because it, it, it was kind of like a plot to further subjugate us and, and paint us in this image. If, if the only imagery you're seeing is these black women in these secondary positions where they are still for years, we saw black women as maids on television, as um, all of these subservient roles. And when you think about how your, your job and your position in life, how it presses on you, how it taxes on you, you have to take those feelings home. So if you're in a position where you're working this subservient job and you're being disrespected, you're going to take those emotions home and you're still not receiving the compensation that you deserve for the type of task that you're doing. Like, And, and, and we, we can identify that there has been systematic oppression to keep us you know, in these, these fields and, and in these job places where we're not being paid enough and where, where we are being forced to for our livelihood to be treated in in such a manner that we have to like depend on for our survival you know this this check is how we feed our families so i think there's like so many factors that does ultimately stem from slavery because it's and 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 then what what once just like lavon said when it was over we were expected to, to just assimilate be happy with our circumstances and all of that generational trauma that we carried with us and the circumstances that are shitty that we still have to deal with yeah. we were just expected to to smile and be happy that that we're in a different place so like and like you were saying like you never dealt with that trauma either mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. it's like the first thing that well one of the things that popped up in my head while Amicia was talking imagine someone telling you that you're free right they say you're free all this belongs to you but as soon as you try to strive for it's like wait hold up wait i'm sorry you're actually limited you just you don't have the total freedom i say that you have and so that type of stuff will make you angry because like you said we never we never recuperated from slavery and that's where a lot of the anger does come from or originated but also it stayed so heavily it stayed so heavily big or still big because of social media and tv and like 
everything that we watch and how they portray black women, if every time I open or turn on the TV and black women is portrayed angry all the time, I mean, this dates back all the way to like, I mean, I was doing some research, 1800, where um, some of like old black TV shows where um, women were portrayed as maids and just to be, you know, submissive. And so my thing is just like, um, yeah, so pretty much that's it. Yeah. I feel like that's where it originated from. Yeah. And it I, keeps going because of social media. I agree. And I just feel like most of all of those things, like we were just the last group to be like recognized for anything. And like you are restating with, when it comes to trauma, you know, if it's not dealt with it, you think that you're not being affected by that stuff and it just goes away. But then when you're living your life, it comes out in different forms. And for us, Sometimes black people, we were only taught to express anger, you know, or if or express how you feel through song, you know. So even myself, I can say that I have been labeled as an angry black person or being aggressive or not knowing how to articulate what I'm feeling properly if it's not through the views of being just erratic or being uh, irrational at some point and I have reasons why I you know have to be that way or I had to be that way and sometimes I just feel like as the group of women of color like we have to be so strong sometimes because we are our own savior at the end of the day mm-hmm. so sometimes yes we get tired we, we are restless we're always the the butt or the bad end of the joke sometimes and we're just tired you know so when I'm tired I'm not gonna smile on your face I don't want to do a fake laugh I don't want to shake your hand today sometimes I just want to sit in those emotions because I am tired of holding everything on my shoulders so could you imagine your ancestors who had no rights at that time and how they probably felt I felt like at that time they much like they do today they painted this narrative of us so that we can be um devalued in general if you think about it we what what group of people or i guess genre of people who really focus on colorism black women right African-American women. Yeah. We We focus on colorism. We are aware of it. We bring it up a lot. A lot. When you see another woman walk into a room who's beautiful, sometimes you may have negative thoughts about that girl. But why? It's conditioned from the beginning. It is conditioned. Yeah. I really do feel like social media just plays so much of a role in that. When do you really see a lot of TV shows of black women supporting each other? It's always arguments. It's always something competition. It's always that I have to compare myself to someone else's beauty. I can't support my sister's business. Whatever the case may be, it has to be hatred, envy, jealousy, angry, mad. All of these negative emotions, like, it's, it's, it's just so crazy. So what is, like, what I wanted to ask you guys, like, okay, so because of the stigma of us being angry, what are some other stereotypes that you guys have heard surrounding women of color? Um, we just gonna, we're not going to, uh, I guess, minimize it to just black women because some people can be, you know, um, biracial or whatever. But women of color, what are some of the uh, stereotypes that you guys have heard surrounding us? Um, other than angry, I feel like I've heard, um, for me, it's been more or less of, um, we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to talk. we always angry, ready to fight. You can't talk to us. Um, I know, oh, as we say, we're not equally intelligent to the white woman. Definitely. Um, and, and that can be seen in the workplace with how 
going to bat, going to battle for them, you know? Yes, the so thing is, what fair. we were talking about, y'all, was sympathizing the men who are portrayed as rapists in our community. Now, this is no side for R. Kelly. R. Kelly is out of this question. That man has proof. He has, he has witnesses. Girls are coming out. He, this man is running a slave house, but as for Bill Cosby, as for, I wouldn't even say Kodak Black because he also has his proof too, but Bill Cosby, for one, it was hard for me to understand that Bill Cosby had all them things going on, and he was about to, you know, buy the company, a, a production company, so he can put on so much, he had so much on his agenda for the black community, and then that's when they spewed out all these women, and that's, they, they chose to bring the women out at the right time to crush what he had going on. And I'm not trying to sympathize for him, but the thing is, it's hard for us to come across it because we've had so many, so many um, accusations of rape go against our black men, and it just it saddens us because at the same time, they're not true. Sometimes they're not true. And the thing is, what Jay was correcting me on is they don't have the same energy for us. So we have to remember, we got to reciprocate what we're getting. And I'm not saying to not show that love. I'm not saying it at all. Because sometimes you do have to lead by example. But it just hurts at the end of the day. Because the main people... Give, give, give. Yeah. Exactly. And the main people who put that stigma on us is our men. Whenever we have something to say, oh, and what is the main thing? We're not sensitive enough. They go to the other race because they know how to listen. They understand. But, you, yeah. And, and, and you can say that. And when you're saying that, you're taking away from me. You know what I'm saying? You're taking away from who I am. You haven't even given me a chance. You know, at the end of the day, think about your mother when you're speaking like that. If you are living in a single-parent household, think about what the hell your mother had to go through. Probably working two jobs. Probably barely seeing her kids. I'm pretty sure that broke her heart every day, having to raise her kids. And if she didn't have that baby by herself, you know, and then probably having to put on her face, have to go through so much while she's at work, probably don't even have money to pay the rent because she's probably working a, a minimum wage job, but then still have to reach out and ask somebody and beg them in her community to help her raise her kids. Why can't she be angry? Why the fuck can't she be furious about that? Why not? But at the same time, your mother still loved you. She did the best she can. But then you're going to take that off and label that every black woman? You know, that's not fair. That's not fair to us. Yeah. Then now that y'all in these streets getting shot up, who is the one who's in the front line making sure that our men are protected? But the minute, the minute, the minute y'all get a chance, you want to wreck us in bitches and hoes. But I want a light skin bitch. I want da 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 da. I want me a hoe. Blah blah blah. And you get you get up there. You know what I'm saying? You get up there. You get your money, whatever. And then you leave the girl who's been down with you through the struggle and go get you somebody who don't even identify with who you are. And I think the biggest thing with that that I've been coming to recognize is it's it's very much so why I feel like it's important for us in the fields that we are interested in getting in to make a mark and to be, there, there needs to be more of us, point blank period, because for whatever reason, there is this limited perception of what beauty is and there is this like there is this very clear concrete version of what success looks like and what it is to have obtained a right a white rich man's success and that it, that includes uh, a white or in this day and age uh, you know a, someone with black features but not black 
also to more of the Kardashian realm. Um, a, a wife like that on your shoulders, a nice car, a big house. That that it, it's a part of it's a part of the, the prize of of being a successful person in this world. And I do think that men tend to idolize white women a bit or or just like see them as the significant prize this the symbol of status that they were able to to have this white woman on their shoulders and i mean that i don't understand there's no other way to put it than that is systematic like you have been brainwashed to believe that and i'm not taking away from the fact that these could be nice women these can be um they can be nice women, but if you're one of those people that are spewing this rhetoric saying, oh, I don't want black women because black women do this, do that, like I like the white women because they, then you, that's not a preference, that's not coming from a place of just preference, that's coming from a place of you have been slightly brainwashed to believe that what a woman should be, what beauty should be, what, what a, a status of, sim, of, of, what a symbol of status is, is a woman that looks nothing like you. And that is a form of self-hate. That's, that's I was just about to say that when black men despise black women just because of them being black, you're hating yourself. That's exactly what you're doing already. Because how I always see it in my head is that black women, obviously, well, I, I believe, um, it got, I'm sorry, I'm not that close to it, but I believe in how we were made and really the fact that, you know, women were literally, you know, made for men. And so my thing is that we were made to be this, this power thing, this power thing, and you're, you're hating it, you're hating part of yourself. Yeah. So... It really hurts me when when I hear guys say they don't like black women or they do like black women, they only like light-skinned women. Because, like, Alicia said, they're being brainwashed. And it's sad. It's sad that you think that way. So I just want to ask you guys, why do you all think that this these stereotypes or the stigmas were formed to us and stuck versus every other race of women out there? I mean, I think to an extent... Hispanic women, they got a little bit of it. I, I had a talk with one of my um, Hispanic friends, and she was saying, you know, she gets the, she's speaking Spanish, um, the, the spicy Latina thing, like that's that's a stigma. The feisty, but yeah, the feisty. But I like my my thing with that is that's still even that still has sort like it's it's I, I'm not I'm not commending I'm not saying this is this is a good thing, but even that the stigma of that still comes with a tinge of sensuality of sexuality it's still it's 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 being fetishized in a weird way but it's still um linking it to being attractive this attract like but our crazy is unattractive it's barbaric it's gross it's i want nothing to do with it it's 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 compared to insects and bugs um so i think it is in a different ballpark for that reason and it's I, I think it was formed because, you know, we, we've heard that a, a part of the, the agenda was to continue to subjugate us and to continue to make us feel inferior. And being black women, being the woman that, that can give birth to a nation, you know, being that, 
our jeans or just don't like it's just I think it's a, you know I have slight contempt um, um a tendency so yeah sorry I'm not about to get too into into, into but I do think being women of, that can birth a nation I think that there there was an attempt to to make us feel inferior to break apart the family to um just kind of encourage us to, to 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 feel like we don't need a man also to an extent because we, we don't need a man but it but i think it was also a part of an agenda to break apart the family and um, it's 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 a, it's a lot of things i think it but i definitely think it was it was very intentional and, and we yeah. see it in our media like it was formed to make us feel that brought me to um, the idea of, yes, it was definitely um, intentional, but also, like you said, the rhetoric of it all, the men, African-American men, were placed in a position to see their women being raped by their oppressor. And if you think about the stereotypes and the stigma when it comes to black men, they're lazy, you know, they don't like to work, they don't feel pain. Um, and we just kind of got our fair share of that deformation and slander, which is us being angry, you know, because they can't say that we don't work, you know, because if anything, if our man can't, we're going to make sure that our family's okay. I do know that black about black women. We're going to be the one, if our man can't do, we're going to make sure our family's good. We have the heart of warriors like we are. And, and if that means us being barbaric in a sense, then that's fine because we do have to go into battle, you know, with all this armor and then protect ourselves and, and protect our everything behind us, you know, our youngins or our offsprings or whatever. And I just feel like just for me, um, just from a personal experience, I I have gone through a lot of things at a young age which I feel like I probably shouldn't have had to do. Um, which motivated me to have to be um, isolated myself or have to build up this wall to have to be so defensive um, to protect myself. You know, on the inside, I could be very, like, I, I can be very understanding. I can comprehend. I can listen. I can also articulate if need um, But by first giving to the world, I have to be strong first. I have to kind of, like, kind of figure out where you are before I let you completely in. And that's just because of my experience and what I had to go through in life. And what I find is, you know, when I'm trying to figure out why I'm this person or why I have become angry, like, because that's, that's a journey within itself. When you go through trauma, you don't really know what's happening to you if, you don't, if you're not trying to discover it. It just pops up later and then you, then you appear with this mess, you know, this volcano, this lava that you just erupted. You don't know what the hell's going on. So I had to go through that process trying to figure out, like, why am I this angry or... Even if I didn't feel angry, because everybody just said, you're so aggressive, or you, you get angry, you don't know how to handle certain things. I started to believe that I am this person, you know? So I went on this journey to become everything but that, which is the journey I'm on now. And I can say that I've done a lot of growing. I've done a lot of, you know, soul searching and finding out certain things. I had to go back within my childhood to figure out, okay, this is why I had to build up this wall for that. This is why I had to protect myself in this aspect because of that. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not this vengeful, malicious person. It's just that I have to protect my heart, you know, at the end of the day. And even still, while being on that journey, you know, there's times where I fell off the wheel, you know, just because I'm human. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm trying to figure this stuff out. I was being hit with, see, you haven't changed. You're still aggressive. You're, you're this, da, da, da. And I'm just like, dang, like, you know. 
but I'm not. You know what I'm saying? And and in this position, I'm calm, but I can see you now. I see you now. I see that you're stuck with this idea of who you want me to be. They're projecting. Yeah, who you want me to be because that's what's inside of you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, at the end of the day, you know, now that I'm in this position because I did a lot of soul soul searching, I can see that it was never just really just me or who I who I've been because I've always kind of been a person that's been like, I'm gonna always be up like up front with you period but it's, it's 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 amazing to me to see now that you know that it's really just not me it's it's how you feel about me in this in this situation that lets me to see who you are as a person it's, it's really you with the problem not me you know so I had to go through that journey and I feel like in a, a lot of ways we just have to be that way because of our circumstance so, yeah, that's my take on it. How I know is that it's just so much fear when it comes to us opening our mouth and using words that they think that we don't know. And the we I'm talking about is many of the individuals who see us as the uneducated, always um, impulsive to our, um, our feelings. And the thing is, we're not impulsive when we have a certain vernacular that we can speak and we can articulate what we're feeling and how we're feeling and why we're feeling it. And once you explain why you're feeling it, it seems like, oh, it's invalid. You're just, you're being crazy. And I hate that. The word crazy, like is dismissive and I forgot the the um the man's name he's an actual doctor and he's actually in the Greek life here Mr. Green is this his name Green Dr. Green and he said your words have meaning I don't have no idea Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know so I don't, I'm unsure of his name. Don't quote me on his name, but I just know that he said, your words have meaning. So calling yourself crazy or calling yourself a psychopath is, or psycho, it's, it's really a, not a good look for you as well. And projecting that on someone else is not the way to go. It's not the way to go. So projecting that on black women is not the way to go at all. What's crazy, that kind of brought me back to what you're saying. Like, I had a person that told me, like, because I've always been a person, the friend to come to when you want an honest opinion or some good advice. I'm gonna always be sound. I'm never gonna judge. Um, and because of, and I've always been that way from day one. But it was a moment I feel like that person was going through something, and they wanted they wanted me to tell them what they wanted to hear, and that's just not who I am as a person. And I told them what it is, and I got hit back with, "You're being ne- you're negative." You know, and they no longer wanted to associate because of that. And in that moment, I'm I'm just shocked. You know, I'm shocked. Like I'm negative, but but at the same time, I'm not gonna lie. I had did some self reflection. Like, dang, like, am am I negative? Person weak, or do you have to do a reflection? Yeah. yeah, If you self reflect and you're being genuine, do you always come off negative to this person? Yeah, always say negative comments, or you know, because even though sometimes we may think that we we're um. Um, we're giving this person sound advice. Sometimes it may be the way that we say some stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be portrayed wrongly or whatever the yeah. case may be. So it's a good thing that you took some time to actually reflect. Yeah. So what did you find out? Well, that is a part of like that was a part of the beginning of my journey because I had I was just like dang like you know left and right you know people who I I love and care for is telling me I'm this negative person or I'm too aggressive or I hold grudges and I'm just like. That's not who I am, though. Like, you know, and and I can't lie. There was a stage in my life when I was in high school. I was angry as fuck. Like, I had a lot of stuff going on. And I couldn't even express myself, to be honest with you. I've Like, in that time, I never cried. Like, I would never cry. You know what I'm saying? Because I just didn't feel it. My dad told me at a young age, 
crying was a weakness to a girl. You know what I'm saying? Crying is a weakness. So in my mind, I fully believed that, you know, and I held everything inside. So there would be times where, you know, I'm thinking I'm fine, and then you do, like, you can hit me on the arm, and I just blow up. You know, I just go crazy on you. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, it had nothing to do with that situation, but it's because at that time, I didn't know how to express myself. I had a lot going on, and I probably was angry. But when I came here, you know, I had to do a lot changing because, like, I wasn't received well. Um, and in that moment, though, in that moment in my life, I didn't feel like I was being negative. I felt like I was just being honest. And as a person who's been my friend, you know that's who I'm going to be. You coming to me for advice for those reasons. Um, but I still took back from that, like, dang, if this person and that person and this person is seeing you as this, then there's something going on. There's something going on inside. So you you need to figure out what that was and then once I started that journey I started to figure out dang like there's some stuff in my childhood that I didn't figure out there's some stuff like in, like when I came here like that I had to like kind of change who I was because of that that makes me kind of feel like I'm not good enough you know what I'm saying that the fact that I had to change and conform you know so those are things I had to experience and it's like now where I am today like I don't even have those thoughts like I don't even have those feelings like I can't even I can't even breathe in negativity because I feel like that's gonna break my back as a whole because it's still darkness and I'm trying to force trying to light, light yeah. just I have it within me and yeah. I said I had to force it to become a reality you know so right now I all I feel right now I just need to be able to be around positive energy and speak that until I believe it you know what I mean and now and now I'm just giving that out and it's being um given back to me yeah, it's, it's giving back to me. So that's that's really more my le- more or less me because I have had that stigma on me, and I can't lie and say that it wasn't for nothing because I was angry. I was really angry at a point in my life, um, but I'm not that person anymore. So for that to be still a label on me, that would just be a false narrative. So. And the self-reflecting practice within us black women is so prominent. It's it's needed. It's necessary because you will never know exactly what you're doing. And the thing is, the angry black woman stigma is coming because we used to fail mm-hmm. to self-reflect but now with all the conscious and the being aware of what you're doing and being aware of self as well as others around you and how they how they per, uh, perceive your yourself it's just that is something that is so mandatory because self-reflecting leads to you better understanding how you are perceived how you are taken by other individuals who are also not cut from the same cloth as you yeah. at the end of the day so just remember like people do not have the same mindset as you and once you get out of your comfort zone and you go and interact with other individuals you will really really understand that self-reflecting is always that's number one in killing the angry black woman stigma. and that's that's what brought me back to like what, what you guys were saying also brought up another point for me which is just as valid as it is to try to to have that self-reflection and to to try to like emanate um, this, the, the light within you what I have come to realize is anger and, and being angry and being sad like as much as it's frowned upon and, and as much as like it's, it's getting a, a, a weird look in, in today's age um it is still an emotion and because it exists it is valid we Mm -hmm. are human Mm -hmm. beings and duality is 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 a part of our experience if we don't experience the extreme lows we will never appreciate the highs and if we don't know tremendous pain we will never know 
this enormous love and joy that our heart has the capacity to, to, to reach. So I say that all to say I had to I had to recognize that because most of my life um, I went to a predominantly white Hispanic school and I was always very aware of my blackness and it, it made me resentful at times because I wish I went to I went to a school where the environment I had more people that that looked like me and there, there was like a lot of cultural things that I feel like I couldn't relate with or or I was encouraged not to relate with because I'm, I'm being so much so encouraged to behave a specific way um and and it and it put a wedge in my relationship with other black women um it put me in a place where I too was fearful of black women I too fed into the idea of of angry black women and I mean, and to an extent, yes, their anger is valid, and they can be angry, and but they 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 are they are allowed that emotion, and more than anything, from all the things that I had to break my mind down from 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 being so scared of that stigma to trying to behave in any way to like avoid that stigma, um, I realized my anger is valid, and especially being an artist and we all have like these creative things in in our lives like it can be so limiting it can hold you back so much when you're trying so hard to be positive all the time and you feel like you aren't even allowed the emotion of anger but I, I will tell you something that I had to learn I deserve to be angry that is an emotion that I am entitled to have I am allowed to express it and I think with self-reflection, you can identify more healthy ways to express your anger, to release your anger, to to still fully realize that emotion and move on from it. But feeling like you can't address the emotion at all, you don't want to feel it, that is crippling. That will, it will fuck you up artistically, it will fuck you up in life. And it will have you living like a fucking robot or drugged up to not feel anything but happy or not happy but just do doing life. Anger is valid and you can be angry. Sometimes people do fucked up shit and you can be mad about that. And you need to, sometimes you have to tell them about themselves. I don't think violence is, is you know, the violence isn't necessarily the answer. But there's also, like, I'm, I'm thinking to take up kickboxing classes so I can learn to, you know, use aggression, use those very real feelings, keep myself fit, and know how to defend myself. Worst case scenario, if, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm a young woman trying to move to a big city, you never fucking know. But that's, that's a, I think that's an outstanding way to use that energy, finding a way to, just finding healthier ways to, to get rid of that aggression. Because it exists, and I think it's important that it exists but finding healthy ways to deal with it and still dealing with it not pushing it to the back burner and saying oh I can't have that emotion I don't want to be angry it's kind of funny how you mention that because I feel like that's where I was well that's where I was in my life like growing up I used to be angry all the time and people used to tell me all the time why are you so angry you're so angry like family members will all you know always tell me I have this attitude all the time I'm always so angry but I was raised in certain situations that made me so angry and so I mean for me to do with my anger, I had to bottle it up. I had to, I bottled it up because there was no way I was going to get out of my situation 
and in order for me to see the light, I had to bottle up my emotions, and I, I stuck with that habit, unfortunately. I stuck with the habit of not um, bringing awareness to my emotions, not bringing awareness to even the unhealthy emotions, whether you know, it's just how it came out to be for me in my life. And it's so important, like Anissia said, to address the emotion. And it's not the emotion that makes it so bad, it's the action that comes with the emotion. So if you if you are angry, going to go kickboxing is, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an effective way. But we were talking about ways to kind of like get rid of the stigma or kind of simmer it down a little bit. Um, I was reading a book on the law of attraction, and we were talking about that a little bit. Like the more that you um, associate yourself either with positive emotions, so positive people, positive surroundings, then that attraction will be put back on you. And I know that Jessica talked about, about well, she talked about um, someone viewing her, you know, as angry. And that was the only perception the person had of her. But now that she's this new person that's been doing the soul searching, now she's going to be surrounded by people who sees her, view her differently, view her for the person who she truly is right now. And so one thing that we have to, like, I know for me, in order for me to live a healthier life, I have to get rid of the people who view me in a negative manner. I have to, have to, have to, because if you don't, if you're not up to date with who I am today, and yeah. you still view me as the person in my past, like, I can't, I can't fuck with you, like, I can't at all, like, one bit. And so, and then another thing I want to mention is that people act like, they forget there's a difference between being angry and being assertive. I want, I am, I'm a very assertive person, like, I, if I, I need to say something, I'm gonna say it. And a lot of things that push me or hold me back from saying it is the fact that I don't want people to view me as being angry, especially in my, my, my work field. I'm a therapist and I work with children diagnosed with autism and I work in a company that's predominantly white. And so I feel like, you know, in order for me to not be the angry black woman, then I have to operate certain ways or hold my mouth from saying certain things. And why do I have to live that, like live in a shackle? Like I feel like I'm back in the back, like I'm back in a shackle. Why do I have to live a life like that? Um, but I'm starting to see more and more, more and more. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be myself. It's okay for me to be assertive. And if this person takes this as being angry, then hey, it is what it is. And there also is a way to say things. Like we have to admit that sometimes something could be said in a way and you know like okay let me think, let me talk about my mom for example she could either tell me hey let's mom go clean dishes or she'll yell and be like hey you know all this anger built up about some dishes where you could have just asked them just clean it without being angry you know when you're saying it so it displaced anger yes girl so there is a way to say certain things without without having to come off being angry I know for me, um, just piggybacking off what you were speaking on of the law of attraction and, um, and people that may view you negatively, um, during that phase of my life when I started to go on a journey where others didn't understand or they were still placing me back in the past, um, I lost a lot of friends, you know, I, I did. And some were of their choice and most were of mine. And I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with the the condensation of always feeling like I'm never getting better when I know I'm doing the work and you're not here for the work and you haven't done anything for your progress but you're telling me I haven't changed you know it's like that's not fair to me that's kind of making that's gonna make me self-reflect like dang like 
Am I business? Am I crazy? Like, I know I'm calm right now. Yeah. I know, I know yeah. I'm calm right now. It's like, yeah, you crazy. already had a perceived perception of being Exactly. And it's not going to change. Exactly. And then once I started to kind of like get more comfortable with who I am and what stage of life I was in, and I'm just spewing out positivity, that stuff has been giving me life. And I have been attracting people who are on the same level, who are allowing me to fall off the wagon and say, okay, it's okay. You're still human. It happens. You're not perfect. You're trying. And that's what I can, that's where I find my refuge at. You know, I can be free there because it's like, okay, I don't feel like, you know, I'm a burden on anyone. I don't feel like I'm being destructive. I don't feel like I'm being, you know, I was talking to this guy and he was like, um, because I didn't like just kind of bow down to his opinion, he was like, why are you being difficult? You're difficult. And I said, listen, yeah, I was just like, I don't like that word. Don't call me that. I don't like being called difficult. And he was just like, well, if I feel that way, that's what I'm going to call you. Oh, well, then this conversation is not going to continue because I told you I personally don't like being called that. And because I had an opinion, you know, you, you felt like I'm being difficult. Like, why? Like, I don't understand. And much like you said, I am a person who I can be very assertive. And I'm just a person like, um, I've, I'm passionate. I have passionate views. And if I believe in what I'm saying, I'm going to go there with you. I'm not going to be angry about it. But you're probably going to get a response from me. if I if, And I'm okay with disagreeing with you. And we still can be calm in the same conversation. We can be cordial. We can be fine. But I'm not going to roll over just because, you know, it just may not be politically correct or um, conducive for you at that time. So it's just like, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of hard, but I'm, I'm at a place now where I'm so comfortable with who I am and where I've come and how I've grown and the people who I've attracted in my life that it, it's okay. You know, I, even if I have a bad day, I just know it's not going to last long. It's just probably going to last for that 24 hours and I, or less than that, and I'll be fine. You know, it's okay to do that. And one thing I was thinking about when it came to work, um, I had this person at work, um, and... It's, it's, she was a Caucasian woman and I think it was my first or second day and literally we haven't we haven't probably even shared five sentences five sentences with each other we were just like just co-workers or whatever I remember walking past her and um just walking past doing my job and she was just like Jessica um I thought you didn't like me and I was just like what huh and then she was just like yeah you know you gave me a little sass earlier and I was just like um we don't even know each other well enough for me to form an opinion about you or for you to form an opinion about me to even know how I would be if I didn't like that's you that's their insecurity that's what I said like you know I was like we don't even I was just like you gotta get to know me to know if I'm being sarcastic angry or happy and then she was just like I was just saying I was just like yeah well just say less because I don't need no boss thinking that I could like be this angry person when you, we don't even know each other so then later on I had spoke to my manager about that because I need my manager to know but you know I have to cover my own butt at the end of the day I don't want somebody like a Caucasian person going behind my back it's like she was not friendly to me you know and, and, and that was good so I told my manager yeah I told my manager like hey like earlier you know I walked past and there was a thing and I'm, I'm not sure why it happened but I don't know what's going on so and that for me that kind of worked out in my favor I'm trying to kind of playing their ball game like hey listen if there's anything that I feel like y'all can go back and run and tell I'm gonna go tell it myself first like because you ain't gonna be able to take my words and use it against me period so exactly. it's just like in that moment though that brought me back to being angry woman like we don't even know each other you already assumed that i didn't like you why why me of all people in, the, in, in, in this institution like why me like why i don't get it you know and, and that was completely wild for me and the, the first thing i thought about after walking away from that conversation was damn this is some. This is gonna be a narrative that's gonna go on here. Like she probably gonna go tell the boss. Yeah. Like she's gonna go yes. tell the boss. Like you're not smiling. You know, every minute. 
Yeah, so I had to go cover my own back. Like, it, that was crazy. Too. And, like, I, we, we've never said five, like, words or even sentences at all. So, for you to say, I thought you didn't like me. You don't even know me to know, if like, what my what my emotions are like. Like, if I'm being sarcastic, if I'm being funny, if I'm being funny, blah, blah, blah. Like, what? Like, whatever. So, I, I, that's... Can I just enjoy my solitude? Like, yeah. can I just rest my face? Like, the resting bitch face is and a I thing. And I have it. It's a thing. It's a thing, but the thing is, it's because I'm letting my face rest. It's not because I'm trying to apply the bitch. Right. It's just, I'm and resting nobody, my face. nobody wants to freaking smile all day long. Like, that's not me. I'm sorry. Like, if I... Uh-uh. I got too many things. And I'm telling you, my mind is all... Like, my mind is all... And that's why I didn't know. Like, in my mind, I blocked out and I'm everything. literally, every, literally, there, I would say about 70, 70% of the time, when I'm in a location, my mind is somewhere else. <laughs> I agree. You know, this, you see her thinking, I'm angry at you, but I'm not. I'm sitting here thinking about some other stuff have no that idea what you're nothing about. to do with you. And I get that facial expressions and demeanor and the way that somebody scams, all of that sends a signal. And I understand that. I really do get that. And it means something. But why are you saying you're trying to read me? Like, yeah. I'm not even worried about you. And that, <laughs> that brings it back to the just, that's, it's, it's solely a black woman shape thing because you know like you don't hear such thing as um resting nigga face <laughs> that's not a thing <laughs> but niggas be ain't they be looking mad as fuck but i mean we kind of think it's sexy right that's that's kind of the association mm-hmm. with it like when a man look when a man look mad he look kind of like fine I'm not gonna lie, they kind of do like Yes! <laughs> but, okay, so now, but the, the, there's also like, okay, if there's like an angry light skinned girl or angry white woman, like, you know, it's like, you look mean, like, um, that's the kind, like, you, I want you to be my wife. Like, I, I, I want a bitch that's, that's mean to, to niggas for me. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, once again, back to like the, the Latina sort of fetish. Um, fetishizing it becomes sort of that for for lighter skinned black women for Hispanic women it's it's like ooh the angry is kind of sexy like you know like I like that mean face like you will be mean to other niggas like that but a black woman we want to do that is Ooh, why you look like that? That's not mm-hmm. cute. You're not cute. Well, you walking down, why, why are you walking down the road? Smile, baby girl, baby. smile. Smile, baby. Leave me alone, man. Smile. Bitch, I got a lot of my mind. I got a ticket just five minutes ago. <laughs> I don't want to smile right now. Like, exactly. What? You want to pay for this? Let thing? me just let me be free with that. Let me be free with that. I don't understand why I can't walk in the streets and just be free with that. Literally, one time I'm walking out on campus and somebody hit me up. Just like, smile because they saw me from afar. I'm walking. There's nobody here. Who's supposed to smile? Sunny eyes, like and it's like and it's like after getting that all the time, and you you have to text me too, like you know what I mean? That is really weird though. That's some crazy (laughs) shit. If somebody texted me smiling because they see me from afar. I would have been like, first of all, mind your business. Exactly. Like, come on, that's wild. That's too wild. Yeah. And they expect us to smile with all the shit that is put on, on us, period. Like, 
the, the, the lack of representation, the shit that we, we receive in our own community, the beauty standards that are put on us that are taxing and weigh us down. Yeah, there's oh, so many sick. problems, but and we still outcome. Like, they still overcome, and they want us, but they, they want us to be happy through all this shit. Like, out of exclusion, always excluded, always making our own way. To be honest with you, when it comes to the beauty thing, like, I didn't feel, as being a dark skinned woman, I didn't feel like completely beautiful until Michelle Obama and uh, Kelly Rowland to be honest with you guys so I felt in that moment like damn like we making a comeback because like I think all of us here are dark skinned women or brown skinned or whatever and we've experienced those you know they would rather have someone lighter you know why 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 are we not viewed as beautiful now right now is we're coming back we're, we're getting the love that we deserve we're being represented well um but in a sense not completely because if you think about it some of your favorite people or artists or celebrities they will have this down brown dark skinned girl who was with them through the struggle or even just a black woman who was with them through the struggle they get a, a couple of chains and then they switch up they leave you they make it seem like you wasn't crap and then they glorify this trophy woman this new light bright or white or whatever woman and make you feel like you was nothing and who don't even connect to you who don't even understand your struggle? Right. Who don't identify with you? They subconsciously know that this trophy wife look good on my arm. Exactly. But it's just that she don't connect with me. So I'm gonna still keep my best friends, which are black women that mm-hmm. are that understand me, that get me, that can give me insight. However, I'm gonna keep this trophy wife because she look good. She a prized possession of mine. And and you it's, can walk through different doors with her. Exactly. You get more opportunity with her. I mean, it's even like and and if there is a black woman on their shoulder, I mean. She not Lapita Nyango. She she she's wearing makeup. She's Spanish. That makes her yeah. She's Spanish or Mixed. she Cassie or mm-hmm. you know she is fucking Ryan Destiny. Shout out to her. She's fucking. Oh my god, she's amazing. She got that. Or, or, you know Oreo. her hair is, is it's it's a different texture, so she she has that as an advantage. That's that's definitely a thing. Hair, hair. plays a, a, a part in, in the. Um, you know, so, we have to do too much. I'm sitting here just thinking. I'm thinking once we should do this podcast again, so I have some money in our. There's gonna be a part two, so y'all stay tuned for that. There's definitely gonna be a part two for sure. Because there's everybody here that I want is not here, so there's definitely gonna be a part two, and um, we're gonna get real vicious into because I think I really want to kind of like just speak on it from our generation, you know, and see what we all feel because at the end of the day it's so present right now and as women women of color in particular like we are running the world if you think about it we are in office in political uh positions we are um the highest rated um individuals to seek higher education and to graduate um we are the most uh what do you what do i mean by that what i'm looking for um the highest group of individuals in the workforce, you know, but yet we always finish last, you know. It's just hard, and then and then on top of that, can you? But the point that I was making earlier, can you imagine just being a just a young black mother, you know, the man you thought you loved, 
walked out on you because he can. You can't do that to your kids. You know what I'm saying? A woman has to stick it out. A man has, you know, he shouldn't do that, but they do do that all the time. They stick you with the responsibility. Now you have to go into, you probably was a well-educated person, but now you have to probably go into welfare for assistance. Then you have to work a dead-end job, minimum wage probably. Then have get take shit from your bosses and coworkers. Then they come home and have to make dinner. Then have to deal with your kids who's probably getting in trouble if they're not getting in trouble but if they are most likely they are having trouble in school just because it's a single parent household sometimes they get erratic you know you have you it's, you have less than other students in school so they don't know how to handle that they have to deal have to deal with the children who don't know how to articulate how they feel because you don't know how to so they have learned that you know how to not articulate or not to express that's a lot to deal with and then have to also go out and look for love yeah on top of that and be played and be played at that point. It's crazy. You feel like damaged goods. And then being over-sexualized. Think about Nelly tip drip video. Somebody swiped a credit card through someone's butt. You know, what What does that symbolize exactly? Cheapness. No, nothing of value. I don't value you for nothing other than what you can give me. Period. And like that, that over-sexualization is real. There have yeah. been real studies that have proven that young black women, darker-skinned girls in the classroom are disciplined harsher than their, their white peers. And, you know, we, we're more susceptible to being perceived as adults, as children. We see it in the way that we are perceived on television, the way that we are being described in certain, certain stories. It's, it's, it, it puts this... We, we, we aren't even allowed or fully given that opportunity to be children. And yeah. I think that that is so problematic. That robs us of of that feeling like we that that's vital to to you just living and not feeling like your entire livelihood is of surviving. And it just makes me it makes me really sad because I know from personal experience feeling like okay, but for feeling like I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to have to deal with all these responsibilities. Why? Why are my brothers not experience being given these same type of speeches? Why is it that I I have to to hold all of these like responsibilities as a woman because I'm being already taught that look life is gonna be a, a little bit more more rough for you, but you gotta deal with those punches. And that's just the way it's gonna be. No, that's I was just reading on, um, I was reading an article today too, just a few minutes before you get, you guys popped up. It's, um, it's, it's a, it was on a study that, um, some graduate level students and professors that, they basically created a survey and they handed it out to some college students and they're supposed to, um, answer questions on how they perceive black women. And so pretty much the consensus was the same, black women and even white women they all view black women as this angry, you know, thing, angry character. And I'm just saying, like, the, it, it's so crazy how it, the stereotypes, it's starting to become truth for everybody. Yeah. Like, if they can pass out a survey to white people, and white people view us as this, 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 and that, and that's their truth. It's, it's just so crazy. Yeah. Not where we're 
not only have they created this and they're pushing it out into, like I say, TV plays, like me, social media literally plays so much in this. Like, if we can find a way to get into social media and change everything that they're, they're showing our kids, showing these kids today, these TV shows that all they show is this arguments between black people or they're not even showing anything healthy about us. They like, I was watching they Black Lightning and I put Jessica on Black Lightning and it was sad. Get into it, y'all. Get I was, into it. I, had, I was crying watching the episodes because in my head, I'm, I'm over here about to cry right now. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's so sad how there's not any TV shows that I like that are showing black people in positive lights. Like showing a black family that's healthy, that it communicate healthy. Like everything about the show is everything. Yeah, the wife, I watched it. I watched it. It's, it's, the wife is smart as hell. Mm-hmm. She's a neurosurgeon. Dark skin, no hair. Like, oh yes. my god. Yes. Black lightning. It's a good show. It, it really yes. is. The family is together. It's not a broken home. It's not a broken home. Um, the way they, like she said, the way they communicate, the way that he disciplines, the things that he teaches children when they're trying to express themselves. He used quotes, uh, quotes from uh, legendary people within our community, African mm-hmm. Americans leaders. So it's just like so good. Like when I seen it, down to the music, he was they was playing music that for your soul. You know what I mean? And for me, it was just to see that, especially as a Black Panther, it was just like, dang, we need so much more of this representation. Like mm-hmm. we need more of it because you don't understand. Understand what that can do for us. It just shows us that the way that, like she was saying, the media paint us, they're always going to paint an agenda that's not for us. They're always going to do that. So we have to be able to paint our own picture, be our own artist. And that's why I love every single one of us in here right now. Even back. We're all innovators. Yeah, innovators, creators, and artists. Yeah. We're creators. And and like you were saying back to social media, because I wanted to bring a point that I forgot about when Anissi was speaking earlier, when it comes to like music, rappers. Yo, the way they talk about us, and then we just be up in there bouncing around. We gotta start paying attention. No, and you gotta start. You gotta pay attention. Let's be real. You gotta pay attention. Let's 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 be real. Let's be real here. That type of stuff, that music, that social media, we gotta start supporting that type of stuff. We do. It's funny. It's fun and cool when we're out in the club and we're shaking. You know, we're shaking our booty. Blah blah blah. All this is cool. But we're we're also the ones who are we're like you just said. We're creators. We're innovators. We're the ones who's doing this change. So we really do have to watch what yeah. our actions have to match yeah. with our words. Mm-hmm. We're doing these interviews. That we're consumption. We're trying to change this. We're bringing these views to our friends, and we're having these conversations more. But our actions need to line up. It does. And I know I'm guilty for it. I'm guilty for it. It's, yeah. it's hard, and that like, I mean, I feel like this. I'm writing this down for like a next topic mm-hmm. that we can discuss. But it, it brings about the bigger issue of, of, of like the thing, like how do you really separate the art versus the artist in this? in this realm and this time that we're living in because like even Childish Gambino he's doing amazing things because I think I think his art is doing great for the black community I think this is America is great for the black community but yes we can trace back his old problematic tweets about that that were like yeah. fetishizing lighter skinned women that was Asian talking women. down on black yeah. women that was saying he don't want to be with a black woman or that he can't be with a white woman and now he's married to a white woman which and the is- sad part the sad part is we knew like my generation like the younger kids alright the younger kids knew that Childish Gambino had the um, crazy stand up comedy it was out of control and it's just sad that he he's getting pulled and getting held accountable and it's like damn we thought you were still like joking but you actually meant it now we have to look at you a certain way but you still good like, so you are still good so with everything that we discuss 
we're gonna kind of end the conversation right there um we're gonna come back with some commercials and then when we come back we're gonna go ahead and give everybody a chance to kind of shout out um give them a spotlight to give what they're doing and follow them on any social media platforms that they have so you guys can continue the conversation and again there is going to be a part two i like the idea of bringing men into it so that could be definitely a concept that we can um involve in the next conversation but i definitely enjoyed everything so when we come back after this commercial we're going to go ahead and give you guys y'all spotlight moment to kind of give everybody how to reach y'all um so thank y'all for being a part of it so Y'all not paying me, and people be killing themselves off of these brands. My literally, they be killing themselves. They spending money yeah. they don't have because they need to step out and have this name and brand. It, and it's and this. it's it's black people that do that. We don't. They know that we don't know how to manage money. I'm not gonna say that's actually a fact. But in theory, and I feel like in history, we've always been reckless. If there's something hot, if you show us that this is what's gonna make, because this well, well, we don't have anything of value. So when you show us like this, this our clothing or whatever, that's status. You get a little bit more status when you have something uh, yeah. really expensive on. And people so, do treat you different. Exactly, and that's what we do. Hip hop, hip hop, and fashion world have combined and started working together because at the end of the day we, yeah that's what it is and then they use you until they get like a million dollars and then they're gonna rack up the price where you can no longer afford it and then they're gonna change the trend the trend so you can no longer identify with that culture anymore if they can spend they do that all the time, time that they spend studying name brands to tell you that shit's fake on like some real shit, yeah. on some shit that could prompt, that can help them on on creating a symbol of their own that will last and leave a legacy till the day they die. People are gonna still kill themselves for their brand. If they put that kind of energy and how they be putting their energy yeah. in other things. That's what we can do. I tell people all the time, I've I've never had labels, ever, and never cared for them just because, of, uh, first and foremost, I never could afford it, never for real. Could afford them, never could afford it at all. I've always, always, always had style. Always had style. Exactly. I always had style. I ain't never had no label. So now exactly. I'm living in a world where people just feel like, you know, if you have on a label, that means you're better than me. Fine. That's okay. But I know if you put me and you next to each other, I'm probably going to win that who wore it best. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at the end of the day, I got style and all you had was money. And that's fine. Creativity. You know? Creativity. I probably if you had money right. that bought you a stylist yeah. and bought you these names. Right. However, I came from a low income home and I still had style and I knew how to make do with what I had. Right. That's real And you're hiring somebody like me to help you with that look. Exactly. And that even brings it back to how like I say this all the time, but like the true original carefree black girls are the girls that people consider ghetto, angry girls. Yeah. Those girls were the ones that made the trends that we follow today. The, the different wigs, the different colors. The different oh, wigs, no. the long nails that we oh, see the Kardashians sporting. Box they of braids. Those are cornrows. They started that shit. And they don't get no respect or money no. from their ideas. And then, and also too is the fact that a lot of that that co- that part of our culture is not even being respected as much nowadays too. Because I was just telling Jessica the other day, I think it was Jessica, where I was like, I like wearing different color hair. Like I like wearing my purples. I like wearing this. Yep. And, and I showed her a new color the other day, and I was like, uh, it's a new color. It's wild. It's bold. But I know I can't walk into my job with this hair. You know what's crazy is that like before I had got this job, I was doing like a lot of job hunting and at this point they was kind of like we were sitting in the room where everybody was there just kind of giving us the uh the rundown of what they needed and what they wanted and what they required for the job yeah 
and they got to like what the dress code. And one thing they said was that we only like natural color hair. Yeah, so that's we only like I natural do. color. And in that room, I can say 80% of that room was black girls with different color hair in that room. And at th- that day was one of the days I actually had black hair. But I did like a soft like sensor of the room like to see the skin, like to see what was going on. And literally, I'm like, wow. Like in my head, I'm just thinking like, yo, but legally, can y'all do this? Like... No, they like, actually passed it in Supreme you know? Court. They now can. they dis- they passed it. You can discriminate. You can yeah, discriminate. But, but if you think about it, racial discrimination. Pa- the hiring packet it says that you could only wear natural hair. Like you have to sign it. But what's crazy about it that it is that white women be dying their hair all do, the time. But my thing is this: like you were just mentioning, they're taking part of our culture, part of our history. They're taking it and owning it. First, it whatever you want to say, they're owning it and. There, everybody is pretty much giving them the props for it. So a white girl could probably Cultural walk into my job and have a different color hair or have nails, and she won't be looked like you know whatever. But I can I can't do it. Yeah. I mean I've had t- conversations with my boss, and she's straight up looking at my nails. She's not even looking into my eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, they cute. Like I mean, right. you, you steady looking at them. She's really checking the lens. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's too <laughs> like, much. It's like, too much. I you can't, can't even express yourself. You can't even express yourself without feeling like you're doing the most. Or like you're not, like you're not, I guess, corporate enough. Or you're just being ghetto and ratchet. Like mm-hmm. you're reduced to feeling like that. And it's just like, that sucks. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the things that y'all like really make popular it comes from us you know we we set the trends we're the cool you know we're the popularity yet it's like when we do it oh it's good and ratchet but let somebody else who has no features like us but they doing the same thing that we're doing oh they're edgy yeah the one thing you're chic yeah you're chic you're different you're outlier you know you're you're just yeah the it girl oh god fashion forward She's, oh gosh, it's just too much. But I think that all of us, honestly, I'm not even going to lie, the most expressive black girl that I've ever seen in my life was at Afropunk. And every black girl needs to experience Afropunk. Oh, we have, yeah, every, every, every black girl, girl I gotta needs to go. experience it. When my friends say, gotta go. It's and my so friends gotta go. When I, I say my whole heart yeah. was open, wide open, because I've never seen people be that expressive in so different ways, like from their hair, their clothing, the way that they dress, the music, their <laughs> eyes. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. This is first time going, girl. Like, Black girls listen to rock music. Like mm-hmm. they play you rock. You go to the one in Brooklyn. Like everybody, there's theme, black female DJs. Cause, on yeah, because she like, had asked me so about it, and I was like, damn, a lot of places not, don't hire black. Yeah, I need to go though. I wanna go. Yes, I'm definitely. I gotta rack up my coin to go. No, like, seriously, like it's what was it? Like it's what? I think it's six now. Where? Six zero? In Brooklyn or Atlanta? Oh, it's I probably see. cheaper in Atlanta or the same price that no, I see. Well, I, I pay uh, in Atlanta, but me and Daphne got com- confused in our communication as far as like when is what. Because I thought the one in August was the one in Atlanta, but apparently it's the one in Brooklyn. And the one right. in Atlanta probably gonna be in October because October. I know that's in October. Yeah. yeah, October. I mean, shoot, I know if I go to Atlanta, I ain't gotta buy no plane ticket. True. I'm going to Atlanta one. I'm okay, it's, it's, it's set. Okay. It's set. So we're going to go to the Atlanta. We're going to yes. take a, a, a trip. I'm trying to make an outfit. It's $60 now. Make. I made my outfit last year. You did? 
your outfit was okay. lovely. I'm lovely. not very creative when it comes to outfits, so you guys help. This, this is your this is your I opportunity love it. to wear yes. anything, anything you, you want. Ever wanted to wear ever. No, we should do it because I love creating. I always create my outfits for uh, carnival too. So let's. Oh God, yes. I'm buzzing. Ah! I'm buzzing. Ah! My creative is <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. I wonder what kind it. of speakers they're about to have. Yo, and I'm probably gonna get the whole weekend pass this year. I met Molly from Insecure last year. Oh my gosh. Oh, and um, Ebony Davis. Ebony Davis. Oh my goodness. My oh, and I need to. We need to go to Essence. I need to go to Essence. Yeah, one at of some point in my life. Yeah, at some point in my life. Essence is right around the corner. No name. Yeah, it's kind of no name. Gypsy man. Oh, no name's gonna be there. Damn, tickets went up. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I was secretly recording us. Okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you okay, but no, not even that. I wanted you to go ahead and speak on um what you wanted to say about the uh, Monique thing. But did you have something to say real quick? Oh, I was just gonna try to uh, end this off before we shout out. But okay, go okay. So the thing, the two things that I wanted to also put on for our black women was Monique. Monique, you if you don't know Monique, you gotta do your history of comedy. Monique set the stone. Not only was she like. Her highlight was Precious, but Monique had a TV show. Monique was one of the, the ladies of Midnight. She was actually the only lady on BET of Midnight. She was the Parker show. She was a, she was a railroad for female comedy. Now, when she tried to do a, a um, deal with Netflix, because Netflix gave Dave Chappelle his series and put it on there, and he was getting con, um, compensated for getting compensated for the views as well as all these other black male comedians but when it came to monique they tried to give her the shortest end of the stick they tried to give her the cheapest deal and say here you go take it or leave it type of thing but monique had the resume similar to dave chappelle she sold out shows they came to her show see the type of quality comedy she had they served they they um supervised everything that was going on they saw she got a standing ovation she said this on the breakfast club um the the breakfast club interview she had recently and they cheated her and she's tried to tell people to boycott netflix but they gave her the same angry black woman stigma and then the next thing i want you guys to understand is that the incredibles part two i understand that we all nostalgically love Incredibles like that was a highlight of one of the best superhero family movies however for Frozone where's my super suit the um actual director and illustrator did not plan to give Frozone wife an actual illustration he thought that she was funnier as a voice and I just want that to resonate with our our listeners to think like hey this podcast is not done in vain we're actually giving you straight facts real emotional real emotional happenings that happens to us every day and you might not identify with them but you will come across them and you had you had to see a sense of it however you might not be able to identify it and we just want to project and bring these ideas and these actual terminologies to you uh i guess i'm i was thinking about what you were speaking on with Monique because I've had like a podcast um I think on another show as well as like my own opinions on that and for me I feel like Monique had a good thing going but there was a couple of moments where she kind of shot herself in the foot that kind of made some people jump shit and for me uh, like 
Okay, so when it comes to boycotting Netflix, that part alone, first and foremost, most people, you know, love Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, and that's the thing, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard. New. You know, it's hard on top of that. But also, like, I just didn't feel like there was, like, like maybe it was an, an injustice that was done to her, but she could have also went elsewhere, you know? Yeah. You could have gone elsewhere with that same resume or built... Um, a resume up to show them that you probably like well built a demand for her which mm-hmm. is use your own money well, take that money that they was giving you do, go on tours show them that you're worth more and then go out and sell out to somebody else or something like that mm-hmm. but on top of that it's just that I didn't feel like she was done an injustice so great to the point where we should boycott versus like mm-hmm. what we're doing with Subway right now mm-hmm. these people were wrongfully um, arrested thrown out of the Subway and now we are boycotting because that is physically wrong what Monique wanted to boycott was for I feel like um for her own personal reasons because yeah. you couldn't get the money for it. So it's kinda like it's hard for me to stand behind you when it's not really relating to systematic oppression. Yeah. For real for real. Yeah. You know, so I think in that moment like I feel like some people kind of like really didn't identify with her a little bit but I do feel like they did try her like she was worth a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. But there's certain there's so many comedians on um Netflix and um, Monique actually has a like a uh um, a special on Netflix already mm-hmm. um, about uh, I Could Be Your Cellmate. I watched that, you know. Well, how many people have watched that, you know? It's, she actually has a special. I mean, it was cool, you know, she was in the prison, um, you know, talking to the women, um, giving them jokes or whatever, and it was it was good. Like, Monique is a funny woman, you know, she really is. She's, but, but it's not like, a, you know, whatever, you know, and that's already doing things, but I just felt like, on a, in a sense, it was kind of like a person. It's just like Kanye West going all ranting about the fashion world, not giving him ins and outs. But you don't even make fashion for us. We can't even afford it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's hard for us to stand behind you when he's not really targeted to us. And versus like something like the subway thing where we actually are boycotting because that is we can see plain as day. This is discrimination. They was wrongfully arrested. You know, for nothing. So at this point, we gotta stop things like that. But Monique's situation, and then she went on to say that she was the most decorated comedian alive, and it's just kind of like, okay, you know, like, and, and, dang, uh, like, what's what is this about that, exactly? That's what yeah. made it difficult for me as well, because I mean, I'm, I I was where you were with Lavon. I was literally like, I was having debates with people. I was like, even though I did think it was weird, she kept calling her. Yeah, but that's yeah. the point. That's I was like, you know, you know, maybe she's right. So then I went ahead and, you know, I didn't grow up during 90s Monique. I, I saw the Parker and the Parker show and that was funny for me. But then I went ahead and tried to watch some of her stand-up. And, like, for me, I can kind of see where Charlemagne is, what Charlemagne is saying. Um, I do think, yes, there's a very real problem. I do think black women are receiving less money than their, their black counterparts. But I think it does have a really big thing to do with demand. Like, why wasn't she selling out shows and, you know, if, if that was the case? Like, it is business at the end of the day. And Dave Chappelle is naturally going to bring a certain audience. Cat Williams is naturally going to bring a certain audience. And I I, I want some of the money to stand up and this is a whole lot of um, skinny girl slander. And I mean, I want to say, that from a skinny girl's perspective but it's just like it, 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 it was really coming from a place of just like um i don't know i felt like it was like i just i i personally didn't find it funny like that one of the big ones that was on youtube i was like i uh, I found I found her funny on the Monique show. I do remember her. I do remember her talk show that she had late night. Um, and I remember I remember watching her 
talk show and I actually thought it was quite boring. I thought <laughs> it was when I say something is brown, it means it's like dull because brown's like a dull color. It was very, you know, very mother, mother like, motherly, but not in the sense of Oprah. But even the way come on, sugar, come on, baby, come. What are you trying to do? Oh, come and give mama a hug. It's literally one of my mom's favorite famous people. Really? Doesn't really, you know. Say much about like who she likes as far as artists and stuff, but Monique, oh my gosh, as long as I can remember, my mom loved me, yeah, love her, love her. Like, she just associated herself with her, she, yeah, she loves her, yeah. um, she loved her show and stuff, but like, it kind of goes back to what you're saying, it's like a different generation now, and that stuff, some of this, the stuff that she does in her comedies now, it probably used to be funny, but now it's not, or at least not for our generation. And Monique hasn't been out there as of recently. Yeah. So I think more or less that's what Charlemagne was saying too. It's just like you know you kind of have to create that demand. And if you haven't been out here, we live in a time of now. Like sometimes yeah. you can do something yeah. today and people forget about it the next the it, next minute in yeah. five minutes. So it's like people got memes. you know you know. And now she's you a ain't meme. hot no more. You got it now. She's a meme. And we don't take nothing seriously. You live in a time where we don't take nothing seriously at all whatsoever. And for me, mainly because like I said, I I do believe that she's worth more than what they offer her. I do. Believe that and I feel like it could have been something that has to do with her reputation in Hollywood of them trying to say that she's a um, difficult uh, person to work with also with how she handles things I understand that th- these are all things that's probably working against her but on the same sense I didn't feel like boycotting Netflix was the thing to do for your situation because it wasn't to me systematic you know oppression for real for real versus stuff that we see like black lives matter those shit that we marching for like you can't use this movement and I, that's what i feel like people don't take the black lives movement seriously because you have people out here that's in the movement who's just tying it to dumb stuff to mm-hmm. justify their action and, and it just takes away the value of what we want or what we're trying to achieve so i don't know um I understand where she's coming from, but then she has things that make me say, oh, uh, I'm, I'm starting to dot these T's in a different way. Yeah. But yeah, that's my take on it. Um, you was going to say something before we had kind of closed out. Yeah, before we close out, um, just, I mean, I appreciate this podcast a lot because it definitely got us to talk about stuff that, I mean, we've been kind of um, holding, off. Yeah, holding off to it. We talk about it just a little bit, but it's out in the air. Um, just with everything that we say, like the most important thing I feel with everything that we said is one to always, like we need to stand up for what we're saying. Like we need to stand up. And even if it, if it has to be um, portrayed as being angry or assertive or whatever the case may be, like, I mean, we need to continue to to stand up for those things. But like, even if we need to have those uncomfortable that um, conversations with our friends, uncomfortable conversations with even the guys, because, you know, our black men, they portray us a certain way. So when you hear your friends making comments like, you know, white girls are better or light-skinned girls are this or blah, 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 you need to confront that at the door. Like, you yeah. need to confront that right there. Right away. And so my thing is that we're, we're seeing all of this stuff and we know it to be true and we want to move forward but we need to confront yeah. confront yeah. And, and it needs to be the way that we walk even if it's the we purify what we listen to purify what we what we watch yeah and I just want to say that 
this podcast episode was not a bashing session for no group or no genre at all. We are black women expressing how we feel, which we have the right to do so. A lot of times we don't get a chance to say how we feel. We're always just assumed to just be okay. And right now, we're just going to tell you that we're not okay and we're going to tell you why. Um, so again, if you're not in that position of feeling like you discriminate or you kind of uh, degrade women of color in any form, then this doesn't apply to you, but it's going to be also good for you to listen to to get some perspective at the end of the day. So you can take that message and maybe send it to somebody else and teach them the ways to view us because we're more than what we appear to be or we're more than what they said that we are. We got to be able to create our own narrative and write our own destiny because nothing that a man writes for us, for us is a God's plan at the end of the day. Day. So, I'm just say that. Um, so we can go ahead and get these spotlight uh, moments going out. So whoever wants to go first. Okay. okay so um, you can follow me. This is Rosemont. You can follow me on Instagram. Well, actually, my organization's page. Um, it is at s period a period b period e period d. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook, Rosemont Dog. Me, it is Honey Bun of Four Fact. You can follow me on Instagram, Honey X Bun. You can follow me on Twitter, Honey XX Bun. And that's about it. Just keep up with your girl. Yes. Um, I, I'm it's Anisius, Anisia Saunders, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Anisia Saunders. That's A N E S I A S A U N D E R S. And if you really like um this topic um tonight, that's kind of my first web series. I will be dropping that first pilot episode soon and it is pertaining to this topic so you guys be sure to check that out you can also find me on youtube with at anicia saunders and you guys know um you can find me on instagram itty bitty j um also my dance page jay walker the brand and um this is where i'm gonna be uploading um most of these podcasts like small snippets as well as my youtube channel is jay walker the brand as well and uh yeah you guys stay tuned i'm gonna be coming to you guys weekly um it's not gonna be on a particular day just stay tuned in most likely i will notify um my viewers and the people who i socialize with i guess um when we're gonna do an episode um and i appreciate you ladies for being a part of this because it was definitely a needed conversation that's been on my heart and i feel like as we've been talking as far as like private conversations i know that you all have had a very um expressive way to articulate this topic so i I appreciate you guys being a part of this and it's going to be a part two so if you guys know some guys that you think that would be kind of like open to having these conversations and honest because and i would love to have a guy who's sitting on opposite end and it won't be a bashing thing it would just kind of be to understand because you got to talk to people who have different views to understand them so um yeah so thank y'all for being a part of this Okay. All right, let's see. What are you trying to make?